Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another beautiful Wednesday. Uh, I know it's summertime, and a lot of you are either off on your travels or maybe you're preparing for your fall travels. So Reed and I are um, spending this last couple of weeks talking a lot about uh, the Danube. And I know I am not known for Germanic countries. I am known for Mediterranean countries or any kind of country that has a beach. Um, so this is a little bit of a stretch because we're talking about places that don't have beaches, as it turns out, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, so we're going to talk today about Linz, Austria, and Austria in general. Um, Austria, I've spent quite a bit of time in Austria uh, just on my own, um, but I think that our real expert in the room, other than our guest, is Reed Cohen. So Reed, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest for us? Sure thing. Um, hello, everybody. And um, yeah, I, Austria is one of my favorite countries to uh, take groups to in Europe. Um, it's a comfortable, relaxed country. Um, and uh, Sylvia might, I'm, I'm hoping Sylvia will agree with what I'm, uh, how I would characterize Austria. Um, Austria is a country that is formerly a great empire that is entirely comfortable not being an empire anymore, <laughs> you know. It's, oh, good, she's shaking her head. Yeah, you know. I mean, Austrians are more relaxed than their German cousins, than their Swiss cousins. Um, you know, this is the country of apple strudel and Sunday strolls in the woods. That's still a very uh, real, live thing that they do in Austria. They wear their traditional clothes on Sunday. They go to church and then they go for a stroll in the afternoon and then they go and have some apple strudel and coffee or linzer torta or some other Austrian pastry. Um, and it's it's just a comfortable, relaxed, welcoming uh, uh, Germanic country. I, I really enjoy going there. And like I said, they seem to be comfortable in their own skin, so to speak. And I always compare them to the French, who of course have never gotten over the fact that they're not the world power anymore. So, um, and that's 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 not a put down to the French. I love France. I love going there. I love the French people, but they they do have a chip on their shoulder, and that's what I'm I'm. Uh, uh, that's the juxtaposition there. The the Austrians the Austrians have gotten rid of that chip long ago, and they're comfortable in their own skin. That is so, so interesting, Reed. Actually, you're so right about that. I've never thought about it in those terms, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> well, and, and that's, uh, in my opinion, looking at the historical record, that's why the French are so sensitive about the language, right? Yeah. Is because French used to be the lingua franca, literally the the you know the the language of diplomacy. You know, five hundred years, three hundred years ago, if you needed to speak to someone in Moscow and you were from Berlin, you spoke French, not Russian, not German. You spoke French because, and that was based on French manners and savoir-faire and, and um, elegance of, of culture. And that's been replaced by English, which is kind of a, an affront to them, you know, because it's the, the English as the global language rides on the back of a Big Mac, you know, I mean, it's, it's 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 this dirty commerce economy thing right not because we have any better culture to aspire to anyway sorry we're we're off on this french tangent already i'm gonna um, just i'm gonna go ahead and save that quote english rides on the back of a big mac <laughs> it's gonna oh, be you on your me, every, every once in a while i come up with the pithy little midwestern way to yeah Say, say things so that's a jewel and of course all of our french colleagues are going to be on my case now so 
Um, we'll we'll see how that goes. Anyway, at least I'm 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 entertaining Sylvia. I see that she's laughing a lot at, at some of these things. So um, I, I have to confess to our viewers today. Um, you know, I've done this Danube cruise a number of times before, but it didn't always have Linz as a destination. Um, I met Sylvia a couple of years ago on a research trip and and hired her to to take our groups there. But the but I wasn't with the next couple of groups, so I haven't had that pleasure of exploring Linz. Uh, myself personally. So we're really going to rely on Sylvia. Sylvia, I'm just going to start by asking you to share with our viewers, um, you know, why, why is Lent special? Why should they want to come there? Well, thank you, Reed, for uh, giving a flattering picture of the Austrians, how we feel in our skin. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I like it. I'm a native of Linz, so I've lived in Linz almost my entire life. I did my travels, I did my studies in Vienna, in Salzburg, so I do know Salzburg as well. And I came back to Linz and I really enjoy living in this town. It's a medium-sized town for Austrian standards. It has its city, we have 210,000 inhabitants. Can you hear me well, Rita? Can you hear me well? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, plus, we have 30,000 students, and that adds to the fact that Linz is a very young city, a very pulsating city. We have four different universities, and Linz, I know that not a lot of people know Linz, like Vienna, Salzburg. When you're a first-time visitor to Austria, you will go to Vienna, to Salzburg, maybe to Innsbruck. And maybe when you come the second time, you will maybe find Linz as an interesting point. It was never a hot spot, you know? We've always been like a white spot on the tourism map of Austria. And it just started, I would say maybe 20, 25 years ago uh, that tourists also found out that Linz is a beautiful town. And normally when I do my city tours, I start with the question. I, I ask my guests, what do you connect with Linz? What came to your mind when you heard that your ship is stopped in Linz or when you heard that you're going to Linz? What popped up in your mind? And most of the time I have lots of big question marks in my guests' eyes. And then sometimes they say, oh, isn't Linz from this town, you know, the chocolate? Oh. And then I'm very, I'm like, sorry, no, Linz chocolate was invented in Switzerland. But we do have something sweet. We have the Linzer tort. And that cake was invented in my hometown more than uh, 300 years ago. And Linz tort, Linz cake, Linz cookies, that's something that uh, my guests can refer to. And then I get going because no visit in Linz without tasting the original Linz tort. Well, Sylvia's frozen for the moment. We'll see if she comes back. And oh, ah, my internet. Condition. Yeah, you 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 froze for a minute, Sylvia. But I froze. Yeah, so talking just... about calories, probably. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about the whipped cream with the linzer tort. Yeah, that doubles the pleasure, and you can get that cake in every bakery in every confectioner's place. Linz in general is a beautiful baroque town. We have an old town center, which is right next to the Danube River. So when guests come to Linz, we don't need a bus. We can start right from the ship. 
with the walking tour. And I would say within one, one and a half hours, you get a good picture and you are oriented. Yeah? Leeds is easy to be oriented. And then I always give my guests some suggestions how they can explore the town on their own. Linz is a very safe city, I would say, like in general, Austria is still a safe country. About 90% of our people speak English. At least we learn it at school and uh, so everybody feels quite safe. And also with, uh, with the language. Yeah? Sometimes some Austrians have a hard time in speaking that they will, they will understand definitely. Then in Linz, we have, uh, Linz is located on both sides of the Danube River. So one third is on the northern side, two thirds on the southern side. And on the northern side is already the hilly countryside, yeah, going all the way straight to the north, uh, where you would find the border of the Czech Republic, like driving in a fast car, you will get there in about an hour. And on the northern side, we have beautiful green hills with uh, a pilgrimage church, a tram, a, a little train taking you to the top. And that is something that uh, the guests can explore on their own. Besides that, many museums, yeah? art museums and arts electronica center. And that is really something unique in Linz. Yeah. That is something nowhere else found in Austria. Ars electronica is what we call the museum of the future. Whatever you can find in that museum, I don't like the term museum, I sh we should rather call it a laboratory, will tell you anything about the future. Sometimes a little scary, sometimes you don't really want to know what the future brings, but uh, they have a deep space, they give you 3D glasses, they shoot you out onto the Milky Way, or you can look into a human body, you can check how your liver is doing after the cruise, things like that. <laughs> and, and, um, it's, uh, yeah, the old town I mentioned, Linz, uh, of course, we have a connection. We have the dark part of Austrian history. Adolf Hitler, he was in Linz, he was not born there, but he spent his teenage years in Linz. Oh. And uh, actually he had big plans with my hometown. He wanted to demolish everything and then rebuild it according to his and his architects rather strange ideas. Thank God he was not really successful on that. But Hitler's plan was to retire in Linz. So he wanted to build his own city. Um, and uh, another detail that might be interesting, he gave his first speech in Linz on Main Square. And the balcony is still there where he stood on and gave the speech on March 12, 1938. And after that, he continued marching on to Vienna and then he announced officially the Anschluss, yeah, the annexation of Austria. So we have lots of history going back to the Second World War or to Nazi, to the Nazi time or to the time of, of Hitler. But on the other hand, Linz turned out to be a beautiful, renovated, uh, Baroque city. Yeah? Lots yes. of talking, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's beautiful. Um, I, I do have a recollection as you've talked, my imagery of, of Linz has come back to me. I remember the there's a big, long, wide boulevard that leads down to the river and just yeah. beautiful Baroque facades left and right, left and right. Just that's, that's sort of your entrance to the city from the river. Mm -hmm. So um, just quite striking, quite beautiful, as I recall. And maybe interesting also is like when you go through old towns, uh, some other places, you might find it deserted, no shops, only souvenir shops, only restaurants. 
in our old town, the locals are living. So we're not walking through a museum, but you will see that there are curtains, plants in the windows. So our old town is, is a hip place to live in. And that's quite unique, I would say. And people, visitors can feel it, that there is light. It's not a museum. It's an actual uh, little village within the big city. You know, last week we had a, a, our colleague, um, Gerhard from Vienna, and he was talking about his uh, younger life when he, he says, I had a really great education, but in that education, nobody talked about Austria's participation in World War II and the Holocaust. And, and of course, after the war, Austria was declared a, a victim and a not victim, a collaborator. Yeah. But when he traveled, he met people from other countries who said no, <laughs> right? So uh, my, my question to you is, uh, does, does, you know, you were sort of nodding your head again. Is, does that fit with your experience too? Did, did you feel like that that was something missing in your education that has since been corrected? Um, what's, uh, what, what would your view of that? I, I think Americans are fascinated by this, right? War guilt and how you deal with it and et cetera, et cetera. Um, does that fit with your experience and your view of things there in, in Linz? Uh, no. Uh, my opinion is it depends very much on the generation you are. Okay. Um, I'm, I, I'm old already. I can tell you I'm 54. But my, with my gen, older generations, like my mom, she, her history lessons ended with the end of the First World War. Right. In my case way different huh? yeah. uh, people are um, my generation does not does not feel guilty you know why we were not alive and uh, yeah. what I always tell my guests when we talk about the topic like this I always say you know what I'm so thankful that I'm born 1968 and not before I'm so thankful that I did not have to deal with that situation, whether, you know, to run after Hitler and stay Hitler or um, fleeing from Austria, you know, I'm just thankful that I'm a different, a younger generation. Mm. And my generation, we had had, we have had a great life, you know, we had no worries so far, I mean, until now, but that's a different topic. Uh, and uh, we talk about it. Like 30 years ago, when you would do a city tour in Linz, nobody would talk about it. Nobody would talk about the balcony. Nobody would talk about Adolf Hitler. And uh, I think the main change was also done by the town itself. In 2009, so that's quite a long time ago again, in 2009, Linz was dedicated to be the center of culture. Uh, in Europe, we have a cultural capital city every year, so different countries, and it's mostly towns that are not well known. So Salzburg or Vienna would never be cultural capital city of Austria because everybody knows those places. So we were lucky to be selected in 2009, and that was a special year, and that was also the time when uh, a lot of our museums, history museum, took up that subject. And they were talking about how Hitler wanted to rebuild Linz and what his plans were and what happened in that time. So they did a lot of that on, on, on um, history and it was quite well received, you know. And a lot of people said, finally, 
they are, they are talking about it. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And there is a longing to talk about his, it's part of our history, no doubt mm -hmm. about that. And uh, my conclusion always is every nation, every country has dark parts or dark spots in their history, and that's ours. And uh, yeah. it's just uh, important it never happens again. To learn from history, that's the main thing. Right, right, yeah. Did I answer your question? Absolutely, that's I, I, great to get a different perspective. And I think I think Gerhard is closer to my age than yours, so um, you know his his education was probably just that much different than yours. And yeah, yeah. And, and we were remarking when we talked to him that about the value of travel, right? Of, of how it exposes you to different ideas and stuff. And of course, mm -hmm. you know, we we don't need to go down the road of of the the politics that are going on in my country right now and the need for people to get outside of this echo chamber and and hear some other ideas so um that's why sarah and i so value travel uh in every way and feel fortunate to be uh to be able to you know expose people to different mm -hmm. ways of thinking um oh, sylvia let, let's go back to the ars ars technica is that the um is, is that the latin ours for um ours for art Right. Electronica. Okay. Electronica. Electronic. Whatever is com connected with computer animated art. Uh -huh. uh, every September there is an international uh, festival by the same name, Ars Electronica. And then we have international artists from all over the world coming to Linz, uh, competing under quotation mark for a big prize. And yeah, there's always uh, the, the Nike, it's the, the goddess of uh, victory. Right. is awarded with money to the best uh, computer animated art and that uh -huh. was started in the 70s already okay well yeah. that, that was going to be my question was um you know why Linz? what why has why did this uh institution or whatever it is choose yeah. Linz? Is, is that because uh Linz is sort of austria's uh uh silicon valley or or no um, it's not silicon valley not at all yeah. But I think uh, in Linz, and um, I don't want to sound snobbish here, but Linz is a very open-minded uh, city. We have a lot of artists, we have the universities, we have the University of Arts. Um, I always say in Linz there is space for crazy people, you know, in a positive way. So whatever they decide, this is art, this is uh, fancy. I have to tell you something else. Uh, about 15 years ago, uh, they started to paint a storage building in the harbor of Linz with oversized graffiti mural. Mm -hmm. And over the last 10, 15 years, all the storage halls are now uh, decorated by international mural artists. Mm -hmm. So they found a platform here. So that's another thing that's possible. In other countries, you go to prison when you do your graffiti art. In Austria, you're invited and you're paid for in Linz. Yeah? So it's a big platform. And I think uh, it's just uh, the people love things like that, yeah? unusual things. And uh, I would say in Linz, people are the opposite of conservative. And that's why I was shaking the head when you said uh, Austrians love that or like it, that monarchy is over. I would say, especially the, the Linz people would tell you that, yeah. Mm -hmm. You might still find some people that belong back to Franz Josef and Sissi and all that stuff, not in Linz. No, definitely not. 
Linz is a workers' town. We have a big industry, a steel plant that was originally built by Adolf Hitler in 1938. And that was also the reason why Linz was tremendously damaged in the Second World War. That was one of the main targets. But it was rebuilt thanks to the United States with the Marshall Plan. They Marshall. rebuilt the steel plant. And now it's our biggest employer. 10,000 people are producing high quality steel. And therefore, our city is also wealthy. So we have also, I would say, money for things like Ars Electronica, uh, for the Moral Harbor. Uh, in 2009, we built an opera house yeah, to build an opera house for 180, 000, uh, 180 million euros. That's quite something for a little medium-sized town of 210,000 inhabitants. And I think that's that's one of the reasons. Uh, the residents of Linz, I remember like 30 years ago, they were not very proud of their town. They said, ah, Linz, an industrial town and uh, uh, dirty and uh, polluted air. That has totally changed. If you ask somebody from Linz, now do you like to live in Linz? Oh yeah, we love it. It's a green city. We have more than 50% green land. And um, so people are very, very happy to live there. Mm -hmm. Do you um, <laughs> no no? Do you have a do you have a a theory uh, or or a, an idea of of why Linz is a place where everyone is welcome, where where being a little bit crazy is okay? I'm I'm always curious about the why, you know, <laughs> and, and you and and maybe you don't. I'm put I'm putting you on the spot. I'm kind of famous for that, but. Um, uh, do, do you have a theory for, for why that is? is? Is it because of the university there? Um, any idea? I would say, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of everything. Uh, it's the university. I mean, Vienna has universities. We are not comparing Linz with Vienna. Vienna is a very special city yeah, that's on the side. Maybe let's compare it with Salzburg, since you mentioned it before. Uh, and I, I studied in Salzburg. I went to school in Salzburg, so I know it quite well. And I always got the, the feeling, I don't want to offend anybody in Salzburg here, but Salzburg, I always found very narrow. Ugh, not enough space. Maybe it's the mountains, I don't know. But I sometimes found people a little bit, uh, you know, just looking in, in one direction. And if somebody put modern art someplace, it was a big scandal. Mm -hmm. uh, and in Leeds, there was always more air to breathe, more space and uh, maybe that's the reason or maybe because Linz was never the focus. Salzburg Vienna was always you know everybody was looking at those towns. Linz was always like a, a little uh, how do you call it uh, from the fairy tale. Ah, I, I can't remember. Uh, like in the shadow you know it's it was never a big uh, tourist town never. We're just getting our little share now. So and I think that is a good base for unusual things to happen. So I actually wanted to just take a little heartbeat here to just um, grab the screen and just show people a little bit about where Linz is, because honestly, it's not a place that's on my radar. So I thought mm -hmm. it's probably not so much on the radars of people who are watching either. So let's just start off with a really boring image here, ah, which is where is Linz? <laughs> yeah. Because Very I good. didn't know, so I wanted yeah. to look that up. And this right. is quite interesting because I always like to describe Austria as like a, a chicken leg. 
you know, you, it's true. It looks like a, it looks like, a, looks like a drumstick, right? So you've got sort of uh, the mass of Austria, and then you have that little leg that sticks out, which is Tyrol. Which those are very culturally different places, though, aren't they? Yes, yes, yes. So maybe uh, my version of the map of Austria, I always say it's like a little bacteria, big head, small tail. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Big head, small tail. And gotcha. the eye of the bacteria is Vienna. Ah, or it could yeah, be a little Vienna, bit. state capital city. Yeah? Okay. And going from uh, east to west, east is the very flat area of Austria, and west and south is where you find the Alps. Okay. Yeah. And just from my experience in, in Austria, it seems like the real cosmopolitan side and what we think of Austria with coffee houses and palaces and things, that's going to be to the east, whereas the lederhosen, slap dancing, mountain goat kind of culture, sorry to be yeah. super, super like stereotypical, but the Tyrol is very much that way. And I just yeah. have a question for you. This is a weird question, I think. Um, I spent a lot of time in Sud Tyrol in Italy um, in yeah. my work. And it has always occurred to me that the people in Sud Tyrol and Tyrol really should be their own country. Is that just me? I'm just laughing because you're saying out loud what a lot of people think in Sud Tyrol, in Northern Italy and in Tyrol. Yeah, you know, they were once one people, but after the second, uh, after the first world war, it was split up. But Northern Italy is still half German speaking and the same tradition. So you're totally right. So in Tyrol, yes, Lederhosen, Jodeling, Alpine horns, uh, hiking, mountain climbing. That's yeah. I, I actually like to go to Tyrol on my own vacation. I'm a mountain goat. You know, most of the Austrians <laughs> like to hike and, and do some sports. Then in between Tyrol and Upper Austria, Upper Austria is the province where Linz is located. Mm -hmm. uh, in between Tyrol and Upper Austria is Salzburg. And Salzburg is not only a town, it's a province, a state of Austria. And in Salzburg, you can find both. Lederhosen Dirndl, Sound of Music, of course. They take all the, the stuff in there. And then I would say, the, the border is really Upper Austria, Lower Austria, Vienna, like uh, the southern area of Upper Austria and Lower Austria is still Alpine, but the northern part is flat. That's where the Danube River passes through, yeah, from Linz through Lower Austria to Vienna, and that's the Danube Valley. And I would say that's even a little bit like the border of Lederhosen and Dirndl. Yeah, if you go to Leeds, you will not. We're going to quote you on that. It's anywhere. called the Lederhosen Dirndl line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have a Lederhosen Dirndl line. But sometimes <laughs> I'm wearing my, my Dirndl in Linz when I go to the countryside with groups. And that's still very common, like uh, on a special church holiday, when we go to church on Sundays or somebody gets married. No, then we, we like to wear that. It's, it's a beautiful traditional costume. So I have at least 12 dirndl in mine. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Well, I have one too. Next time I come, I'll have to bring it with me. So, <laughs> well, that, that's great. So thank you for that little explanation because I think Austria is a country that a lot of people maybe are not familiar with how it's yeah. like. And Vienna is really far to the east. I mean, I don't think mm -hmm. a lot of people realize how much it's, it's just a hop, skip and a jump from being 
really just Eastern Europe. So yeah. let's have a quick look at um, some Lynn's photos. And this is just, I just pulled up whatever I could find with photos just to give people ah. a sense of what you're talking about. Because when you say Baroque city, a lot of people may not know what yeah. we mean, but wow, what a beautiful, beautiful yeah, city. Yeah, that's main square, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so it looks like it was completely rebuilt in the original style then, is that correct? No, this is oh, all no. original. This, oh, this was not damaged. Okay. What you see here, the, the column in the middle, the green church spires, the townhouses, that is all original. No damage oh, wow. in the old town. Okay. Uh, most of the damage was done in the south of our town, closer to the industry. Linz is a very long city, north to south. Yeah. Um, maybe you can uh, scroll up one more time. Let's see. Uh, this, I think, is interesting. That's the Ars Electronica. Yeah, yeah, that's the Electronica. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a very, that's the, very one cool. of the most modern buildings in our town. And that's the northern side of Linz, what you see here. Okay. So this could be the view from your ship at night. Ah, okay. Cool. So that just gives, I hope those of you watching um, can, can kind of get a sense. Those of you who will be listening to this as a podcast later, sorry. <laughs> Think of it as, you know, Munich, but with, I don't know, with, with it more Austrian. <laughs> and Beautiful city, on. though. Yeah. And and mountains too. So it I mean this reminds me as you Hills. said much yeah. of Salzburg. You're correct. Yeah, it looks a lot like Salzburg. So okay, just wanted to share that for so everybody has a little visual picture of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Talking about Salzburg, we even have a Mozart house in Linz. We're very yeah. proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was that was one of my last questions that had popped into my mind is, you know. Austria is all about music, all about classical Baroque music, you know, and, and Salzburg and Vienna are the big hitters, right? But I was going to ask you if there were any of those uh, composers that we might know about. Uh, any of them come from Linz? Do you have any favorite sons there? Well, very important. And everything uh, that is uh, connected with music, like the music university, the concert hall, our orchestra is named after our local hero, and that is Anton Bruckner. He was, he's not so well known. Uh, I always explain uh, his time. He lived in the 19th century. He was a contemporary of Brahms and Johann Strauss, but his music totally different. He was composing church music, symphonies. He was an organist and he lived in our town for 13 years until the Viennese took him away. <laughs> because yeah. he became professor at the university in Vienna. Yeah? But Anton Bruckner, he is uh, our, our, our musical son. Uh, I'm not sure if you are familiar with uh, Richard Tauber. Have you ever heard that name before? He was a tenor and uh, he emigrated to Great Britain during the time of Adolf Hitler. And uh, he was a great singer and he's also a native son of Linz. And uh, you might be familiar with Parov Stela. That's modern music now. He's a local DJ doing his tours all over uh, the world. Uh, then, uh, hold on, we have uh, somebody else. Uh, Johannes, that has nothing to do with music now, but Johannes Kepler, the astronomer. Oh, sure. He lived in our town for 14 years and he was married to a lady from our region. So he's quite uh, an important hero besides Anton Bruckner. 
Um, you mentioned the the steel mill from that yeah. goes back to the 30s. What what else drives the uh, the Linz economy? Tourism now, of course, a little bit. The steel is there. Uh, I, I have a recollection of is there mining in the region or no? no. no. Okay. No, there is no mining at all. Uh, for the steel plant, all the uh, the products, you know, the materials are imported nowadays. The iron ore, the coal, everything is imported. So about 10,000 people are working in the steel plant. And uh, the rest of Linz, tourism is just a minor, minor. It's not really very important in our town. But uh, we have a lot of medium-sized companies based here. Uh, for instance, uh, do you know the, the glass company Silhouette? The frameless glasses, mm -hmm. they are produced. Brad Pitt did some uh, commercial for those glasses, wow. by the way. Wow. <laughs> so they are made in Linz. Uh, firefighters' cars are produced in Linz. Excavators mm -hmm. are assembled not far from Linz. We have a tractor factory, Case IH, the American brand from Wisconsin. They are assembled uh, not far from Linz. So we have a lot of medium-sized companies talking about 500 to 1,000 employees. Linz is a business town. So mm -hmm. most of the hotels that were built like 30 years ago, they were all, um, you know, accompanying uh, business travelers. That was the main income mm. of tourism. And then in the 80s, the mid 80s, the Danube cycle path was opened, you know, the, along the Danube river, you can ride your bicycle from Germany in the meantime, all the way down to Budapest. And that was opened from uh, Passau to Vienna in the mid 80s. And with that, the Danube through Linz, uh, bicycle tourists came to our town. So that was really the beginning of tourism in Linz. Well, I tell you, I'm um, feeling like I missed out by not coming to Linz before. I mean, uh, what, a, what, a, what a great, I mean, a, a morning walking tour with you and then stopping and having a little Linzer Torta with the uh, whipped cream and, and good Viennese coffee. Um, what, what is that coffee? Albert Meinl or, or uh, is that? Yeah, Meindl, Meindl, yeah. Meindl, Julius yeah. Meindl, Julius Meindl. Yeah. The Austrian coffee maker. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, boy, I would love to go and visit that Ars Tech, Technic, Tech, whatever you say. Ars Electronica. <laughs> All right, so here's the plan then. So we, uh, if those of you coming with us on the Danube cruise, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go for morning walking tour, Sylvia. We will stop and we'll get a coffee and some uh, some pastries because of course I always love Austrian pastries. By the way, I think it's interesting to note that Austrian pastries are kind of the best in Europe, I think. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, I think they are. The French <laughs> think they have the best pastries. I'm gonna say, I think it's the Austrians actually. You, you and I are going to be in so much trouble with our French colleagues. I know that we're going to be banned from France. Anyway, so we'll do that. And then after that, if we have time, uh, whoever wants to go, we'll go to the Ars, Ars Electronica. I think that sounds like a really good um, plan. So, well, I really want to thank you, Sylvia, for joining us this morning and giving us a little peek oh, into your town. Uh, it's always fun to talk about something that's a little bit off the map because I don't think a lot of people know about Linz. I mean, I certainly don't know much about it. So it's going to be great to learn once we uh, we get there. Um, so we're going to continue on with um, with our theme this week, aren't we, uh, Reed? To yeah. later today? Yeah, in, in 20 minutes, we're going to be back with, with Martin from Bratislava. And I really encourage people to tune in for that. Bratislava is, is 
is the is the hidden gem and and maybe we can now add lints to that too i mean like sylvia was saying everybody knows about salzburg and vienna and budapest and melk abbey i mean those are the big hitters but then bratislava really surprises people how charming and whimsical it is and now we know that Linz is going to be a great stop as well so so martin in about 20 minutes 20 minutes we'll, we'll hit bratislava but and just also something i just wanted to mention i think it's really fun to highlight places like this because one of the things that reed and i both agree on as well as andrew is we're really concerned about over tourism and one of the things that really helps to kind of defeat over tourism is by showing people that there are beautiful places. I mean, you don't have to go to the most crowded place. You don't have to go to Salzburg if you want to have an Austrian experience. And in fact, I'd argue you probably will find a more local experience by going to a smaller place that maybe isn't as, as well known. So I really appreciate you, Sylvia, telling us a little bit about your hometown today. And if you would like to have a tour with her, if you happen to be in Linz, uh, you can find her. I put her website into the title of this, um, this live stream, but you can find her at Linz hyphen Austria guides all one word Austria guides dot at so if you'd like to um, go for a stroll and have a pastry with her uh, you can contact her there so thanks so much everybody for tuning in and we'll see you again at 10 a.m uh, our time here so in 20 minutes for a visit to Bratislava all right thank you so much Auf Wiedersehen Auf Wiedersehen Auf Wiedersehen Dankeschön Bitteschön <laughs>